Good morning, and welcome to I Hate Music. Um, Hi. Nick Woos, what's up, man? What's up, man? Glad to be here again. Yeah, it's been uh, about a month since we've done this. Oh, jeez. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, life's been busy for both of us. Yeah, it has. Uh, a little bit of traveling for both of us. Uh, you were across the pond, as they say, and I was just down the way, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like the show was successful. I haven't really talked to you about it, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, when was that? Was that last weekend? Yeah, last weekend. Uh, Aglock played in San Francisco. Um, yeah, it was great. Played with Don Bringer and John did solo opening. Had about 1,100 people there. Damn, uh, that's great. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't quite sold out, but close enough to make it feel sold out. I think. Had that, you played that uh, venue before? Or? No, I'd never even been there before. It was, nice. uh, it was beautiful and the staff was awesome. Um, our front of house guy there was amazing. The staff was great. All the helpers were great. The green room was great. Sound check was great. <laughs> Just <laughs> everything was, was amazing. Sounds like they took pretty good care of you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was very, very good time. And um, people were traveling from all over for that one. Yeah, I met. I met. It was actually funny. I was, uh, our hotel was like two blocks away. And I was sitting there with, well, my fam came down too. So Aaron and the kids were down there. Nice. And uh, we all stayed in the same hotel and I was having dinner with them at this little diner. And this guy walks in and he like kind of gives me the stinky eyeball a couple times. Then he sits down and I'm like, oh, he's obviously a fan. It's like he's wearing a Bellwitch shirt or some shit. And he's like, you know, two blocks away from the venue. And then I go to the bathroom and he's in the bathroom. And he's like, hey, do you, are you here for the Agalock show? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hell yeah. And he gives me a high five. And then, and then we end up walking to the venue together. And then he turns to me and he's like, so have you seen Agalock before? I'm like, no, man, I've never seen Agalock. And he's like, oh, man, you're in for a treat. And then I said, well, I'm in Agalock. And he's like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. He's like, he's like, you're the bassist. I'm like, yeah, I am. And uh, he had flown there from Tennessee. Oh, come. shit. That's awesome. Yeah. That's met hilarious. A, met a couple people from Mexico <laughs> that flew up uh, to come see it. And yeah, it was good. It was it was pretty packed. Uh, again, beautiful, beautiful venue. Um, we played Odal, which we hadn't played since 2003, I think. Damn. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, Donbringer killed it. What a great live band. Uh, can't even wow. think. Wow. Well, they haven't played very much, if no. ever. But. Yeah, they don't play very much. Um, God, I... I think the last time I saw Chris Maycock was maybe 1998 when he was up here to hang out when we were recording the Agalock demo. Yeah, I remember meeting him that time. Uh, yeah. We were at Sherry's for a while. and Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were at Sherry's. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was killer to see them. Um, and yeah, it was just a great time. Saw a lot of old friends. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, amazing, amazing time. And then two weeks before that, I was at the Grammys, which is a whole other story. Right. You know? Yeah, we want to do a podcast about that. Yeah, I think we should at some point. I should have scheduled it for this month, so it was all fresh and shit, but... Um, yeah, it was great. You know, it's always a fun time. It's just a lot of people uh, met Robert Trio for a second. That's amazing. And uh, I was told that you didn't recognize Thundercat. I didn't. Well, I, I was like, because Thundercat and Robert Trio were talking. And I'm like, God, that guy looks so familiar. And he's wearing like this like crazy like chest armor and shit. Like, I should have <laughs> wow. known it was Thundercat. <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I just didn't make the connection. I just talked with Robert like for a second. And while I was talking with Robert, I looked over to my left and there's like Dave Ellison giving him like a, a side eye. And so it was like Dave Ellison, Thundercat and Robert Trio right there. Damn, dude. Yeah. Bass, 
It's like a base God uh, convention. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Amazing. But uh, yeah, it's always a great time. A few friends there. Saw some great performances. Uh, Yeah, it's just, you know, it's always good. Highlight must have been Billy Joel, I'm sure. Actually, as you know, I'm not much of a Billy Joel guy, but that performance was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, It was much more brooding than I'm used to from him. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, exactly. And, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, got to see SZA was cool. Leve was cool. Um, I'm not much of a Travis Scott fan, but that performance was pretty awesome. Uh, got to I go to the, see it, Tim. yeah, I got to go, uh, to the Grammy museum, which was cool. Saw some, uh, like outfits from like Harry Styles and Stevie Wonder and shit. Oh, and Stevie oh, nice. Wonder played. Is it, oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, second year in a row he's played the Grammys. So amazing. Um, and Tracy Chapman, dude, when Tracy Chapman played, that was fucking amazing, and that was su- a surprise. Like nobody knew that was going to happen. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. So that Fast Car song was re-recorded by that guy, and then she came back or something. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody knew that he was going to do it, but then I like she shows up, and yeah, right. Yeah, it's a pretty emotional experience. It's uh, yeah, it's just awesome. I was happy to do it again. So yeah, this this month has just been kind of kind of nuts for me nice a lot of a lot of travel and you were just in england i was for my birthday uh my wife and i went over there it was amazing dude we yeah hit a couple shows we drank a lot of beer it's just paradise man it's it so is. easy to walk that city it's just really a great time and i know it pretty well so i was glad to show my wife the uh the sites and yeah. my favorite spots and stuff like that so you were in london yeah. uh-huh did the you time yeah yeah nice nice yeah, uh, what kind of shows did you see? We saw the Tiger Lilies. Oh, I I know. Do you of remember them? them? They're like these uh, like Victorian like makeup on and like they're all all the lyrics are brooding and about just mentioning brooding again two times in this episode. But uh, just that kind of sad. The the songs are happy, but the lyrics are all about heroin and death and right. Really okay, good. yeah, yeah. I I have and heard that. It's yeah. just like a guy on an accordion and a high pitched voice. It's real, they're really awesome. I think they were popular in like the punk scene in the early two thousands. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you see that? Uh, they they just happened to be playing at this old Victorian theater that had not been really updated or anything. The, okay, the wooden floors and the the walls were all falling apart. It was amazing, dude. It was a perfect spot for that. That's so cool. Did you get to go to? Um the underworld or no i know. didn't take her up to camden unfortunately yeah. but uh yeah that would have been fun <laughs> i love that place <laughs> yeah that's a, what's the bar there um uh oh man the end of the world or end of the world or? i think yeah 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 it was in that fucking uh movie right the you know the bar crawl simon Pegg movie oh yeah um, that was called something like the end of the world or something it was it was something like that bar <laughs> yeah yeah I don't. I don't remember. But I forgot yeah. about that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool place. I love that place. Well, that's great, man. Oh, I, yeah. I haven't been to England in a while. I would love to go back. It's yeah, been... direct flight from Portland. It just made it really easy. That was like the the reason mostly. It was like, oh, we don't have to hassle. You know, you get yeah. off the plane and you're there. It's incredible. What is it from here? Like ten? Nine. Nine hours. Nine. Yeah. That's not too yeah. bad. Yeah. That's not bad yeah. at all. Well, shit. we saw a loot. We saw a loot show like this uh, Elizabethan era vocal duo these two women okay. and this guy playing the lute and a guy playing the stand-up bass oh dude it was incredible all wow. candlelit inside an old church dude it was incredible damn damn <laughs> you're there for like a week yeah just a week no bruce dickinson so. this time 
no, I didn't see Bruce. Uh, I didn't see Ricky Gervais. Yeah. <laughs> like last time, but yeah, it's so easy. Every night there's something going on, you know? Oh, yeah. Incredible how much. We saw a soccer game as well, a football game. That was amazing. Did you get a hotel or Airbnb it or? Yeah, we were here both ho- two hotels. We just went to different spots. Oh, nice! I actually uh, went to this hotel that was next to the place where I used to work. I used to work uh, in London at the British Library I did mm-hmm. that for two years. And walking by all those years ago, walking by this place one day, I'd love to stay there. Oh and wow! I was actually able to make it happen. So oh, dude, <laughs> it was that's, really, really that's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, so it's been a busy month for both of us. Um, yep. March is next month, right? Yeah, March. Shit. We have Hell's Heroes. March. Jesus. Yeah, we're going to Hell's Heroes. Yay. It's a what, like three, four weeks? Less yeah, than four. something like that. Yeah. Three weeks. Three weeks. Jesus, yeah. Incredible. Uh, three days of metal, I believe, yep. right? Yep. yep. Going uh, to Texas, dude. Going. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we're going to Texas. Houston. I gotta, I gotta check out some food spots around there. See what I. Yeah, we should do some research. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody has any uh, food recommendations? Let us know. Hey.pod.music at gmail.com. Um, food and beer recommendations would be great. We're looking for things yes. like, like balut. We're looking for <laughs> <laughs> any type of caviar, foie gras, anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Anything exotic. Anything exotic. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> Shit like that. No, that'll be a great time. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, cool. Well, I think today we're here to, I've got a few listener emails I want to go over, and then we're going to go over mascots and music. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a thing I've been thinking about, well, in a way, kind of like my whole life, because I have a lot sure. of mixed feelings about them. Um, on one hand, I think they're kind of amazing, and on the other hand, I think they're kind of dumb. So, yeah, some bands utilize them effectively, you know, and other bands, maybe not so much. So, right. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, there's a lot of, a lot to talk about there, I think. Um, yes. One thing I did want to bring up before I forgot with my traveling is I got to meet up with Paul Masvidal twice. Amazing, dude. Yeah. So you were down in LA, you saw him there. Yep. For the, we during were, the Grammy weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the day before the Grammys, I landed in LA and through a mutual acquaintance, I got kind of got hooked up with him. And, uh, yeah, he's like, you want to grab beer and tacos? And we hung out for like two hours. It was amazing. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Great dude. And then we've been talking ever since. And then, uh, he was traveling and I texted him and I was like, Hey, you know, my band Agalock is playing in San Francisco. And he's like, Oh shit, I'm on a plane that day. And then he fucking rerouted his flight <laughs> to like come see us in San Francisco. What a guy. That's that's insane, dude. Yeah, he was, he was flying from Florida to um, back home to L.A., and he switched his flight to go to San Francisco. He landed late. The flight was delayed, and so he only saw, like, half the show. But, uh, yeah, then we hung out with him afterwards. I got to introduce him to the band and hung, hung out a little bit more with them. And, yeah, it was Had amazing. Had he heard of Agalock or knew of them? Or? Uh, it sounded like he had not heard of Agalock before. Nice. Um, but he said he enjoyed the show and, uh, John dedicated a song to him and oh. you should have seen the crowd, the crowd, like when, when John brought up Paul Masvidal and he dedicated shadow to him and like the whole audience was like, wait, what? Like Paul Masvidal's here? Like what the fuck? Everybody's looking around and he was, uh, he was in the balcony kind of sitting close to Aaron and the kids. And Aaron said like the whole audience was just like amazed. And then afterwards I was like by the merch 
trying to make sure the merch was okay. And like people were mobbing me and then Paul Masvidal walked up and then I was like, nobody cared about me. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> I was like, Oh my God, are you Paul Masvidal? And so, yeah. Dude, that's pretty special. Super great experience. Uh, literally one of the most genuine, coolest, like most generous people I've ever met, like in the metal world, you know, just absolute stellar human. So it's good to hear that because he seems like he's that way, you know, uh, in his interviews. He's really thoughtful and yeah, yeah, present, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I knew that he wouldn't like punch me in the face or piss me off <laughs> no, or anything, no. but you know, I just never imagined that we would strike up a friendship like this just from meeting him once, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, just amazing, amazing time. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, we're going to get into mascots. Uh, we have added some to our playlist. We have, we have, looks like 15 songs on there. 15. Yep. 15 songs, almost pretty good. an hour. That was kind of hard for me. I was trying to look for bands that have songs like about the mascot Oh you yeah, know? yeah. Um, I found I found some of those, but that was kind of hard to do. Sergeant uh, D, I guess, the DZ one, but Sergeant yeah, D, Rattlehead. Some of the bands only like had a mascot for a couple albums, you know. I know, I know. They move on. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was kind of hard, but we got some up there. Uh, as always, visit the Earth and Sound web store at earthandsound.org. We have more uh, the. I hate music scum designs. We have the classic Ramones designs, plus things from Moonbladder and Cross Paths and all sorts of shit like that. Um, the scum designs are selling pretty well. We're nice getting down to our last copies of that. Um, and as always, write us at hate.pod.music at gmail.com with corrections for Nick. None for me, please. <laughs> uh, any ideas, anything like that? We've been getting a lot of emails lately, and actually for the first time ever... I'm having to like call the emails and not read all of them because we're getting too many. Damn. So that's great. Thank yeah. you everybody. No, it's awesome. great. It's great. It, it really is because it gives us more ideas of what to talk about. Let's yeah. us know that you guys are listening and engaged. Um, I really enjoy the emails. Every time I get an email, I get like a little jolt of adrenaline and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, should we dive into an email here, Nick? Sure. Let's do it. Got some pretty cool shit here. I think first one is called, the Vader epidemic and the reissues of jazz to come. This is from somebody named Tyson. It's not our Tyson. It's a different Tyson. Did we have a Tyson before? Maybe the same guy. It might be the same Tyson. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, it just says Tyson. Nice. Um, Tyson says, hello again, Jason and Nick continually loving all the new episodes, including the newest one with Mortis. In that episode, you guys mentioned the whole thing with Vader that continued into the next episode. And I can also add to this weird thing. While I was an LDS missionary in Minnesota, there was Damn. yeah, there, there was one other missionary that I knew of who told me he really listened to, he really liked listening to Vader, and as far as I know, that was the only extreme metal band that he knew. Yeah, there has to be something in the water with these people knowing these guys. Also, in regards in regards to collecting, what do you guys think of labels like Blue Note and Impulse helping people, especially millennials and Gen Z, get them into jazz? Do all of these reissues matter, or is it a desperate cash grab for a genre that to the Zetgeist is pretty much dead and buried? Keep up the great work, and I can't wait for the next episode. P.S. That Carcass Napalm Death Cathedral tour that Nick brought up was cited by Mike of Yob as the pivotal moment for him getting into Cathedral and Doom in general. Nice. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Lots to dissect there. Let's see. Well, the, um, the Vader thing the is weird because that's yeah. now the third 
second or third person that's written in with like the same experience with Vader. That's really strange. Maybe next time they come through, which is not too long from now, I think, or maybe they already came, but we can go and do some investigative journalism. <laughs> we really should. Because maybe, this is a mystery. <laughs> it's really strange. Maybe we can talk to them about it. Like, <laughs> Have they noticed? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I Were actually, they in a video game that we don't know about or something? I'm not sure, but I, I don't get it. I mean, I think that is the third email we've gotten about Vader yeah. in that context. And I do think I saw them. I saw an announcement they are coming again soon. So yep. yeah, maybe yep. we, maybe we should do that. Yeah, I have no explanation for the Vader shit. That's uh, I think it's deeper than we know. It must be some uh, some kind of uh, genre of movie or TV or probably video game that we just not exposed to or something. It's got to be some kind of conspiracy, some kind of like Republican <laughs> conspiracy. Some kind or of, maybe they're like it's a Polish embassy thing where they yeah <laughs> maybe some kind of weird Polish embassy QAnon <laughs> January sixth type of thing I don't know it's gotta be yeah it's maybe gotta, it's a way for the pole uh, for the Polish embassy to increase uh, you know people to visit tourists to visit Poland maybe or something yeah yeah they want to go back to the the Vader land or something yeah the land of Vader yeah. I don't but know. But there is a town on the way to Seattle named Vader. That's true. And mm. I think of them every time I drive by there. Yeah. I'm sure they've driven through there too. I'm sure they've stopped and taken a picture. Had to have. Sign. Had to have. We, we got to find that too. Somebody send us <laughs> yeah. a, 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 that photo. We got to find that yeah. photo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vader Washington. <laughs> yeah, Vader Washington. Um, as far as the reissue thing goes, I don't really know anything about the, the jazz reissues, but uh, I have no problem with reissues. I mean, I mean, aren't we also the audience for that? I mean, if we are yeah. into vinyl and we don't have the money for the originals, then it's, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm the audience too. It's not just uh, millennial hipsters or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, you're not a millennial. I don't think so. I you think we're Gen, uh, we're Gen X, dude. We're Gen X. That's right. Yeah, I'm so bad right. at this, this <laughs> no, generational <laughs> shit. Yeah, Gen Xers don't care about that. I guess. Exactly. I think yeah. Gen Xers are kind of the ones that are uh, not blamed for anything, too, which is nice. Oh, I think you're right. I think we're in the clear. Except, yeah, for, we're in the clear. except for maybe like toxic masculinity or homophobia or something. I don't know. Well, that's the boomers are getting blamed for that. That's true. The boomers are getting. Well, they, they have more responsibility in that arena, I think, yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm OK with that. OK, let, let's move on. So move this on, is moving on. This is really cool. I'm really into this weird little exchange I got here. So you may remember that we've had a. Uh, influx of Kyle's writing to us for some yes. reason. Yes, yes. Okay. This is kind of the beginning of this whole debacle here uh, this last month. This guy wrote in. His name is Aaron. The title of the email is Sorry Not a Kyle. <laughs> he says, no uh, longtime fan, first time emailer, been listening since the original idea when you and your guests played songs unknown to each other. It inspired me to do something similar with my friends. Every few months, I invite a bunch of friends over, and everyone takes a turn playing a song without telling who or what it is. At the end, I compile the list of songs and make a playlist on Spotify. A great time is always had, and new music is shared. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, that's what we used to do. You and I and, yep. and our buddies, we would get together and play music, yep. and that's kind of how this podcast started is from that initial idea. Yep. Um, he goes on to say, as for the last episode about collecting, I'm 46, so when I started, tapes were all the rage. When CDs came, I was still buying both, but eventually got all my tapes on CD. 
transporting them through my time in the army to meeting my wife and moving to Missouri and then settling down in California. When the vinyl craze started, I only bought music on vinyl if it was the only format is available on. Then I decided that I wanted to buy the jazz albums on vinyl also. Eventually, I was buying everything on vinyl, but lately I've been going back to music I missed in my youth or genres I wasn't as familiar with, and trying to buy all those on vinyl is ridiculous. Yes. I've gone back to CD for many of them. Recently bought off eBay, uh, two Nas, a Mob Deep, and DMX on CD. Paid 40 bucks. No way I get one of those on vinyl for less than 40 in the end. I have the music, and that's what counts for me. If it's a favorite all-time artist, I do try to get their stuff on vinyl when I can, even if I have it on CD. I, too, fight the completionist in me. Not easy. As for trading in, first time I did that was like a Sophie's Choice. How could I do this? (laughs) But I'd sooner trade in a bunch I don't want to Amoeba and get ones I do. Every year, I do shout my collection of things I just don't listen to anymore. The pile is getting less and less each year thanks to Bandcamp and Spotify for the preview. As for shirts, the blanket idea is the best. My daughter and my aunt made me ones. See photos attached. True, it's taking stuff and making more stuff, but who can't use a blanket? Even here in SoCal, I can use a blanket. Anyway, I've rambled on long enough. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. You'll soon earn that fifth star. And he did include a couple of photos of his, of his blanket. Um, we've got some Misfits, Corrosion and Conformity, Danzig, Atriarch, Ale Ruin, Pantera. They're his old shirts that are made yeah, in the blanket? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we talked about that. Yeah, White Zombie. Uh, some stuff I can't really recognize. But, uh, yeah, he brings up jazz here again. I don't think we're a jazz <laughs> podcast. And DMX. Or? I think that's the first time DMX has been yeah, yeah. on our show. Probably Mob Deep and Nas, too. I don't know. But. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah ex- exactly. So once once you really love a band, you start wanting to you know upgrade to whatever you're listening to at that moment. Right now it's vinyl for a lot of us. So. Right. Oh, man, you end up having multiple copies of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, seems I've, ridiculous. Yeah, I've I've pretty much gotten rid of all my CDs for the most part. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for writing in, Aaron. That's you know the struggle is real with collecting and all that stuff. I just I just got a massive haul this month for the first time in a while, and now I'm like totally into record buying again. I've been to Crossroads <laughs> twice this month, so awesome. You said you got an MOD, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got USA for MOD on vinyl. <laughs> Nice. But, uh, I mean, it was 35 bucks OG press. Like it's, it's not really, I mean, it's not great, but uh, I just had to get it, you know? Well, that's, uh, that's the thing with cassettes and like he was saying about CDs where you could buy a lot more for that yeah. same price, you oh. know? And I do, I am attracted to that, but that makes me buy even more stuff that I don't need, you know, right. cause it's cheaper. Exactly. And then you have like just walls and walls of plastic everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to an actual Kyle. <laughs> uh, this guy, we've heard from this guy before, so this is interesting. This is where it gets a little strange. Okay. okay. So this guy, excuse my pronunciation, Kyle Heater, I'm going to say. Heider, Heater, something like that. Hey, Jason and Nick, Kyle H. from Pittsburgh again and had two quick things regarding the latest episode which was episode 70 on record collecting and you suffer. First, I'm super stoked at the weird Kyle army the pod seems to be building. In what could be a crazy twist or absolutely nothing, I noticed that the Kyle mentioned on the Suffer episode was A, from my area, 
and B, shared a last name with one of my grandma's maiden names. Oh, my God. (laughs) Given the area and the fact that most post-World War II families around here had an absurd number of kids who did, did not tend to move away, I would not be shocked if we were somehow related. We have never met or spoken, unless we did at a family reunion, but regardless, he seems like a cool guy. Happy to take a 23andMe or similar if the hate pod wants to sponsor it. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a hundred bucks. Sure, dude. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, he says, if his last name was spelled K-R-A-U-S-E, this stands. Otherwise, it is moot. <laughs> Secondly, the episode reminded me that You Suffer was used in a little bit of Silicon Valley. Not super surprising since it's Mike Judge from Beavis and Butthead, but was still... Still cool to hear it in a mainstream show. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we should find the clip of that. Well, I think he sent the clip. Let's let's oh, let's, tr- let's try it out. Well, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Uh, that's the song "You Suffer" by Napalm Death. Oh yeah, that's that's a whole song. It's like a second. It's an alert. Whenever the price of Bitcoin dips below a certain value, it's no longer efficient to mine. When it comes back up, it is. So. I need to know when it breaks that threshold so that I can remotely toggle my rig at home. Any idea of how often that might happen? Bitcoin is very volatile, so... (laughs) This is so loud. A lot. Good. All right, well, maybe turn it down or something. Hey, any news? Yeah, I'd heard about that. Actually, I'd watched that series, Silicon Valley, um, and I'd remembered that, but I'd forgotten about it. So, yeah, thank you for that, Kyle. Uh... As so far- can you verify if this dude's last other Kyle last name was K R A U S S? Well, so I emailed the dude. Okay, sorry, dude. I didn't know there was more to this story. <laughs> yeah. So the the one Kyle that we just heard from, let me yeah. fi- let me find the email here. Um, he gave me some more information that he wanted to be kept off the air, basically. Oh, nice. But nice. Uh, some information that might clue the other Kyle in to see if they were related. So I. I emailed the other Kyle this, and he says, the DNA test results are back, Maury, and I am not the father. (laughs) (laughs) I do not recognize any of those names in my extended family. I live about 1.5 hours east of Pittsburgh, and there are actually a bunch of Krauses unrelated to me in my area, so it seems to be a semi-common last name around here. Even if we aren't related, the other Kyle can take solace in the statistical probability that we have probably attended several of the same concerts in Pittsburgh. Conjurer, Gigan, Between the Buried and Me, Death Grips, Melvins, Boris, Mars Volta. Were you there, Kyle? Jason, thank you for acting as a Kyle liaison. <laughs> so good. Man, it's, it's so it's so hard to keep all this shit straight. It's like I don't know these people. They're just Kyles everywhere. <laughs> They're just names to you. <laughs> just you're all just a bunch of fucking Kyles to me. So this Kyle actually has an idea for a topic, too. He says, uh, here's a possible topic. Uh, Film clips and samples and metal songs. For whatever reason, I've always been attracted to this in music. Agalock certainly has done this. I was sold on the band when I first heard the Bergman and Hodorowski clips on the mantle. The Wicker Man clips on the White EP were great, and I even discovered Jan Svankmeyer films through the Faustian Equos EP. Yeah. Uh, another example for me is the guitarist Buckethead. I listened to him a lot in high school, college. He has an mm-hmm. early album called Giant Robot that heavily used horror movie quotes. Totally. 
by the time I actually watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I felt like I already knew half the movie. Isn't that funny when you like watch a movie and you're like, holy yeah. shit, I've heard that before. Yeah. I did that with Twin Peaks recently. I was watching Twin Peaks. I'm like, oh, that's fucking Wyndham Hell. Like Wyndham Hell sound. Like I, I knew <laughs> I knew the part perfectly. I did that with the uh, Last Temptation of Christ. It was like oh, a, bunch yeah. of, a yeah. bunch of that shit's been sampled so much. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I sampled that shit on Sloth even, that movie. Oh, you did? Amazing. Yeah. Um, and then he says, he closes out by saying, uh, like, White Zombie did a lot of that too. Do you have any personal yeah, yeah, favorites exactly. or even just songs you like that are inspired by movies? Oh, I remember that's a good watching. Topic, bro. Yeah. I remember, excuse me, I'm allergies today, I'm burping. Uh, I remember watching Johnny Got His Gun and reading the book after seeing the music video for Metallica's One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great topic. And that's, you know, it's funny. It's Buckethead again. So my friend Sebastian from Romania that writes in like every fucking episode. One of his favorite bands is Buckethead, too. And we saw Buckethead, what, like 15 years ago together? On my birthday. It must have been uh, to the day. Uh, That's right. It was on your birthday. 2010, I would say. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even earlier, dude. Uh, 2007. Oh, man, it it was. Because 2010 is right when I moved back from Milwaukee. So, Oh, man. So it was before you moved. Anyway, we saw them. We saw him at the uh, at the Dante's. Uh, yeah, at Dante's, and that was that was crazy cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, he did the robot. He did. He did. Um, but uh, yeah, so much so much to get in there. Um, let's see, because he was saying no man. I'm oh, getting- and Bucket has like five hundred albums too. Does he really? Yeah, check out his discography, dude. It's insane. Like 500? Oh, my God. I'm not joking. Maybe uh, like he did 100 in one year a couple years ago. Damn, that's like some King Gizzard shit. That's more than King Gizzard. Does, uh, is Buckethead going through some issues, too, some health issues? I thought he was, but I don't know no. anything about that. No, me either. But that, that does sound familiar. But he's, uh, uh, he's a tall guy, and he was born a coop, so I'm sure it was <laughs> difficult, you know, being that's, crammed in there. Oh, yeah. Man, that coupe will fuck you up. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the samples in music is, you know, obviously a huge topic. Like, that would be really cool to get into. I always think of, you know, grind bands, obviously, like porno grind bands, meat shit, uh, AC, shit like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I go out to with The Prisoner, man. That made me check out that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Prisoner. Yeah. Steve McQueen, or who, I don't remember who was in it, but uh, British show. Yeah, not Steve McQueen. He's the other no, guy. That's American. Fuck. I anyway, I can't remember. Yeah, his name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool old sci-fi show from England. Yep, that would be a, a really great one um, to get into sometime. Oh uh, man, we do have a really long email here from our friend Sebastian, Romania. Um, and as much as I love you, Sebastian, and thanks for your your input, um, he gives me a really long email about festivals that he's enjoyed. I'm just going to like skim over it here because it'll take me all day to read it. Um, a lot of stuff about Opeth, Agaloc, Prophecy Fest. Um, and basically he's just stoked on fucking music, man. This guy, <laughs> this guy, he's amazing. He's Are a, we all, dude? Are yeah, we all? Yeah, he's a trip. And he ordered a <laughs> I Hate Music shirt recently and sent me some photos of him wearing said shirt. Oh, awesome. So, Did you meet him at Prophecy? Or? Yep, yep. Met him at Prophecy. He was actually the first person we met when we walked in, I think. So Nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we've got Michael Demers here. He says, 
I just found your show yesterday thanks to Jeff Wagner mentioning you on Radical Research. Oh, wow. Thanks, Jeff. Damn. Yeah, Jeff is the best. And th I think it was our last episode. He was talking about how much he loved the You Suffer uh, portion of our episode and how it made him go down a rabbit hole with You Suffer. And he pointed out to me in a text, he, he like sent me so many texts after listening to this episode. Um, he pointed out that the, correct me on the name, Nick, but the Crab Society demo from SOD, Crab, it's something like that, Crab something society. I don't know this. Oh, man. Yeah, it's Crab, Crab Society or something close to that. The SOD demo actually predates You Suffer, and it has songs that are equally as short. SOD demo? Yep. <laughs> no yep. way, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. <laughs> oh my God. Because I thought the whole thing was like they went to the studio and they hadn't played these songs and they just wrote it in one day or something. Well, I didn't realize they had material before. Yeah, let's see. Um, let's see if I can find it. SOD, Stormtroopers of Death. I am consulting Metal Archives at the moment. Crab Society North is what it's called. Wow. It's wow. A, a demo from 1985. Oh my God. And yep, there's a bunch of songs on here that are one second, two seconds, three <laughs> what seconds. What are the titles? Oh God, it's, uh, there's 63 songs. So <laughs> there's like, there's Amazing. one song called Dan. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. One called Momo, one called Arg. So <laughs> yeah, so, uh, this predates you suffer. Was there anything like Sergeant D on there? Or was it like uh, anything that ended up on the album? Uh, not that I can tell. Um, wow. I've never heard of this, dude. Yeah. I'm sure you can YouTube it and listen to it. Yeah. I'll have to. Um, I would assume with song lengths like this that it's pretty you suffer like for the entire thing. Uh, Possibly uh, considered unlistenable. <laughs> Oh, Diamonds and Rust is on here. Oh, nice. They did that, right? Yeah. Diamonds and Rust. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, all sorts of crazy shit on here. Cow fucking Renee, Rooster fucker, Neck to Neck, The Drunk Guy, Happy Toothpaste Bug, Food Dog Golf, Your Kung Fu Stinks. Nice. Yeah, you get you get the, the picture. So yeah, anyway, uh, Jeff, yeah, thank you for the shout out on your podcast and thank you yes. for your enthusiasm on that episode. That was a lot of fun. Um, anyway, back to Michael Demmer's email. He says that he listens to the Best of 2023 Evangelist episode um, and he has a few more albums to check out now. Uh, okay. I started yesterday with the episode on Metal Fests. Oh, correction for you, Nick. Oh, damn. Oh, man, yeah. I know I fucked up. The fest mentioned during the Fuck, Mary Kill segment was called the Us Festival, as in you and me, not the U.S. Festival. Mm, good one. Yeah. Good one, good one. There are some great sets on YouTube from that festival. Uh, my favorite is Judas Priest from 1983. All killer, no filler. Totally. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Uh, and our last email for the day. This one's also a little bit long, so I'm going to kind of just get to the, the highlights here. Uh, this is from Sean. He says, hey, Jason and Nick, I've been listening for a while and was super stoked to pick up a shirt. Your guys' encyclopedic knowledge of metal is both intimidating and fun to listen to. I'm always finding new music to explore, and the work you guys do to curate that interest is super important in this age of the algorithm. 
Thanks for all the extra goodies that came with my shirt, too. That was totally unexpected. I'll be slapping stickers everywhere. Hope to see Agawak in Minnesota again someday. I'll never forget the show you guys played here in 2014. It was a damn near religious experience. Plus, Austin's beer was so good. Oh, you know, thanks, Sean. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, also wanted to say... Well, oh, go ahead. I oh, uh, also wanted to say I really appreciate reviving the show alongside Nick. He adds a dynamic that I never knew was missing from the show, and now I can't imagine it without him. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's like a, it's a, it's a email hug. Right it there. is. It is. The last several episodes have been some of my absolute favorites, especially the Dungeon Synth episode with Mortis. Would be sick to hear more from the artists in that genre. I'm a big fan of artists like Old Sorcery, Offermose, and old Jim Kirkwood albums. It's yeah, not those a, are great. Those yeah, are great. We yeah. should we should actually do another one because we didn't really talk to Jory too much about that. So that's true. It's true. We really should. As far as playing music, we could. We yeah, it's true. Fun. Yeah, we could do a follow up. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Huge fan of your work. Blah blah blah. Uh, oh, awesome. Here's a trivia question, but it's about Batushka, and I don't know too much about them, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, and then he's a topic idea. He has a long thing here, but he's basically asking about our thoughts on remasters and remastering mm. classic albums for newer formats or just for newer technology available. Well, you know what we think about fucking Dave Mustaine fucking with Rust in Peace. Hell no. yeah. That's fucking <laughs> horrible. Like, Nothing why? makes me angrier. I know. I'm so mad right now just thinking about that. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be remastering gone too far like Dave did, but... Yeah, I mean, you it, know, I don't know. I mean, there's something nostalgic about hearing it the way we heard it when we were kids, you know. I just don't, I don't, unless there's like something like egregiously wrong with it, I just don't really see the point. Unless you're like remastering for vinyl, it's never been on vinyl before. Um, That's you know, different. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, remastering for a specific format is, is great. Um, yeah, exactly. But, for the most part, it's like, oh, here's another remaster for, you know, a different label using like a different software or, you know, I just, it just gets to be too much. And then collectors that are like, oh, I need this remaster and that remaster. And yep, it gets a bit ridiculous, I think. But some of those, remember back in the day, CDs would be in like the gold CD would be like the, the remastered version yeah. of like the Eagles Hotel California. Or yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and those actually did sound better sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but you know, there's something to be said for like new technology or new techniques yeah. and remastering. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it can go too far sometimes. And I think when they remaster, when artists remaster, trying because they're disappointed in how it turned out originally. Yeah. yeah, that's a little different because then they end up tweaking it. Yeah, and sometimes that's out of the artist's hands. Like sometimes things happen where they. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. like sure. they do as well as they could, or something happens in the QC process or in the. And I'm yeah. sure that's what Dave Mustaine would have said. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't really right. have the luxury or the time to make it how I wanted to make it at the time. So let's mess with it. And here we are. Yeah. But but, but it's such a classic album. You can't do that with. OK, so but Nick, I'm going to I'm going to trust your ex expertise on this. So I brought this up um, with the Agalock guys the other day. Did Dave Mustaine or did he not change lyrics on Rest in Peace? No. I don't think he did. There were years where he wouldn't play The Conjuring, which was off of, so, uh, you know, which was off of. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another album. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't I, think, I don't think he messed with uh, Rust in Peace as far as lyric goes. I thought I nope. read somewhere that he either changed 
lyrics or retract vocals on Rest in Peace? He may retract them. He may have retracted those because it sounds different. Why would he but retract them? Mm, maybe because he's felt like his voice was adding something different now or something. I maybe. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I don't think he changed the lyrics. Okay. I'm not going to Google it right now because I don't <laughs> want to take the time to. But if anybody knows or, ha- or has any articles to support that or deny that, please send them my yeah, way. Well, I couldn't even think of Peace Cells at the moment. But <laughs> Peace Cells. There are other like, huge <laughs> album. Yeah. Well, uh, The Conjuring, he was scared of because he turned Christian and he didn't want to like it was that's it had some sort of like you know ritual right lyrics in it and he didn't yeah, want to repeat yeah. those just exactly. in case the devil came down struck him dead i mean it could happen <laughs> yeah it could happen yeah anyway or you know like online when metallica i don't think they've ever formally released it but just for all with the bass turned up or <laughs> no i don't think they ever did that I, you know no. i just and i yeah i, I love jason newstead but i i i don't care about justice for all with bass you know, just and I don't think he really had a problem with it, did he? I don't yeah, think so. I don't think he ever said anything about it. It's more of the public saying, like, where's the bass, you know? Yeah. Which I get. Is, but does he look back? I wonder about that. It is, I wonder if he looks back and says, Yeah, they totally screwed me and that was a bad decision. I wonder. I I bet that he probably does, but I also would hope that he would just moved on and Yeah. Take it for what it is and yeah, I mean, he got totally boned on that, you know, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I just, I don't want to hear it. sounds so good, though. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't want to hear a version with bass. No. So, I don't know. Okay, uh, let's talk about mascots, shall we? Let's do it. This is Pete Lee from Lawnmower Death, and you're listening to I Hate Music, which I really, really do. Well... Okay. The uh, as far as the record buying youth that I was in back in the day, yeah, uh, Iron Maiden <laughs> was very special to me, and I think a lot of it had to do with Eddie. You know, the consistency and the evolution of Eddie as he gets, you know, d- decapitated and then lobotomized, yeah, and yeah, then he gets sent to the future <laughs> for sure. It's just he went through. He became an Egyptian pharaoh. Like all these things were just like part of the story of Iron Maiden, and the fact that they weren't on the the cover of this album we didn't even know what they looked like hardly they're in the back sure but right it wasn't about that they're in street clothes it was more about eddie and like his presence really yeah it's important dude yeah, I mean, yeah it's like comic book right 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 well i mean that's a great point i think there's a lot of crossover there like with you know comic books or like at least comic illustration and metal um but yeah, yeah i mean sure. you're the you're the maiden guy like let's talk about eddie for a second like i don't really know much about eddie obviously he's like the maiden mascot but you're talking about him on different record covers and like are there like stories around eddie or is it just like these images yeah it was images you know i think uh i think they they wrote a song like power slave and they're like okay well maybe we should make that we're gonna make that the album title so we're gonna have to come with something (laughs) come up with something that has to do with the pharaoh because that's what the song's about right I don't know if there was like a there was a conscious effort to make a story out of it. I think there has been now to link it all together. Sure, that's interesting. Isn't yeah. that happening with Stephen King too? Like, oh, all yeah. of a sudden the Stephen King universe is a uh-huh. thing, and I don't know if that was actually discussed beyond the Dark Tower series or something back in the day. But now there's all these little hidden Easter eggs uh-huh. and stuff to link well, to- them all together. Isn't that crazy? Totally, totally. <laughs> but Maine's doing the same shit, you know. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're embracing that, and that's fun. Yeah. I would imagine at this point there's got to be like some kind of like Eddie 
graphic novel or comic book though right oh yeah dude of course yeah have you seen like the marketing around maiden these days it's out of control yeah yeah i mean like a little bit a little bit so Uh, yeah you can get you can get everything figurines uh right like probably toilet bowl covers whatever you want oh man don't you have a maiden cooler I have a main cooler. Too. Yeah, I have a main cooler. We've talked about this before, where where like I become the main guy, so people just buy me main shit all the time. Right? Yeah, it's I like got the main cooler. It's like me with sloth shit. It's like I just have like <laughs> so much sloth everything. <laughs> it's like I don't have to think about what to get Nick for his birthday or Jason. I'm just gonna get him a sloth. <laughs> yeah, a sloth or a maiden something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Eddie. Even though I don't know a lot about Maiden or Eddie, I think Eddie is kind of like the epitome of a good mascot when it works. Okay, good. I'm glad you feel that way. I, I do. I don't think it distracts from the music or makes it uh, silly in any way. I think Maiden ad- uh, Maiden is done in a way that's added to it. I, I agree. I think that um, I'm not 100% on all the Maiden covers, but you know things like Seventh Son and Power Slave, they're, they're gorgeous, really well done covers that feature exactly. Eddie. Um, I think that Vic Rattlehead, Megadeth, has been used well for the most part. For sure. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the name is a little bit more dumb. <laughs> like, 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 Eddie is okay. Like, that's an okay name. But, like, why do mascots have these dumbass names like Vic Rattlehead and, like, the Not Man and shit? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they can't come up with... Uh, something that's any good or what about the Halloween one is pumpkin head or something pumpkin head I know <laughs> or like the motorhead one is snaggletooth oh nice you know yeah, I didn't even think of that one yeah is, I guess that's an uh it's a mascot has, has that been used throughout the, all their albums I haven't uh yeah well see this is another thing it's like so there's the mascot which is like Eddie but then there's also things like symbols like Sepultura's S or Emperor's E and then there's like actual like like Sigil symbols symbols like Einster's in the Neubotten. Um, there's like so many different things that can be like an icon that aren't a mascot, but they work in similar ways, right? What about the Danzig skull? I was going to say too. the Danzig yeah. skull. I yeah, looked it up. There's actually a name for the Danzig skull. It's something oh, wow. like the Crystar or something like that. Interesting. But it's only it was only used on two albums. Well, least. but if you Google that shit, they, they say that that's the same skull that's on... Um, Sam Haynes' November Coming Fire, too. Wow, yeah, yeah, right. So, but like, or like the Misfit Skull, like, yeah, oh Jesus, yeah. Is, is that a mascot? Is it's that a just mascot? Become their, it's become their emblem or whatever. Right, their, it's, uh, it's more of an emblem than a mascot. But I think all those yeah. things are like really tied together, um, and, and in some ways work in similar ways. Like you see Eddie, and you're like, made. Oh yeah. You see the yep. Sepultura S, and you know that's Sepultura. That's right. That's right. Even in the modern day, you know, Maiden's upgraded. They're art- artists all done on computers now and stuff. But still, it's Eddie. You know, he looks more like toned and muscular or something. Like something's changed. Maybe he's becoming even more comic book, but uh, still identifiable in the face as Eddie. Well, yeah, done it. the evolution is interesting. I mean, I'm looking at the Spotify playlist right now. And, you know, this cover for, I assume this is their debut record, Nick? Debut record. And uh, right from the start, Eddie was a thing. You know, he was, uh, he was actually like a head that they put behind the drummer. And then I think the drummer would, Clyde Burr, would put on the mask and be Eddie. He'd be like the mascot oh, as okay. he played yeah. during this song. I think during Iron Maiden, the song. Okay. And then it just evolved, you know, got bigger and bigger. But, but. I mean, if, if you look at this little sidebar on Spotify, you can see the cover yeah, for the debut yeah. album. And it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a 
it's a awesome illustration, but it's pretty rudimentary as far as like sure. Eddie goes. But then you scroll down and you see like an updated <laughs> version of Eddie here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. like very, very updated, very different, but still Eddie. And that's interesting because so Eddie's been around for how many decades at this point? Well, yeah, seventy nine, seventy eight, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> And that's interesting. And I feel like other mascots, they don't change, right? Like the Danzig skull doesn't change if you consider that a mascot. The Knotman didn't really change, did it? No, that's true. Vic Rattlehead, I guess, did. I think Dio used this kind of demon uh, devil character uh-huh. uh, for like Last in Line and Holy Diver, I think, for two albums. Oh, yeah. Right. But that demon it wasn't thing. used again, which was really interesting. Like what made them stop or whatever? Yeah. Well, I, I Googled yesterday like recognizable mascots in metal, and it was interesting because they mentioned the, the snaggletooth motorhead thing, which I wouldn't call yeah. a mascot. I'd call that no, more I like an, either. an emblem. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they mentioned the little, like, winged demon thing for Sabbath as a mascot. Oh, okay. And so they use that in, like, T-shirts and marketing and stuff. But I don't, right. it's not on the covers of things. It doesn't It doesn't strike me as a mascot either. No, I don't think so. That's more like an emblem. Um, the but, best one, dude, and the funniest one is uh-huh. Sarsipius Arc for Infectious Grooves. Okay, so I noticed you added this to the playlist. <laughs> not amazing, dude? And I... It didn't even occur to me, but I was yeah. looking at my tape wall, dude, which is handy to have all this shit in physical. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. Just look at it and be like, all right, which one of these bands has uh, <laughs> has what? a mascot? And I came across infectious groups. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what's that mascot's name? Sarsipius. Ar- Sarsipius. Sarsipius. Ark. Right. Yeah, I think so. Or just Sarsipius, maybe. Because there was an album called Sarsipius Ark. So maybe okay. it's just Sarsipius. What the hell is Sarsipius? Is that? Yeah, play that. Play that song. Um. I look uh, funny. Yeah, I okay. look funny. I look funny. Okay. Yeah, it's only 26 <laughs> seconds. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> you look funny. What did you, you escape from? What zoo did I escape from? What you mean, what zoo did I escape from? I look funny. I was on the cover of Amphibious Monthly. Do you know I went out with the finest lizard in 1992? Miss Godzilla? Did you know that? <laughs> you had the nerve to say I look funny. It's uh, it's like like Mike Muir putting on like a yep. a voice of some sort. <laughs> I think you're right. It sounds like Mike Muir now in hindsight. I didn't know at the time, but I think it, it is now. It does sound like Mike. So they have like this lizard, lizard. mascot. Yeah. yeah, it's a lizard. But it's like a gangster lizard, like a cool old lounge like African American black singer lizard guy. Yeah. <laughs> But so okay, so when you're when you're forming a band, you know, like how how yeah, do, exactly how does this happen? Like how does how does it get to a point where you're like, well, we need to get this like cool like gangster lizard to be like our mascot. No we'll put idea. him on no our idea. record covers. You know, it it wasn't even it wasn't really metal. You know, the whole thing was kind of weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I think it, it was just Tree Hill was probably just like funking up that bass one day and, uh-huh. and uh, Mike Muir started jamming with him and they're like, damn, dude, we got something here. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, there's Voivod with Korgel, the exterminator. Nice. Is, and has that been used consistently over the years? Or yeah. That, I mean, it's okay. not it's not like on every cover or anything, but it's definitely, it's it's like their, I think it's safe to say it's their mascot. Um, nice. Not to the level of like an Eddie or a Vic Rattlehead, but it's it's been there more or less the entire time. Um, but uh, so can you think of any like mascots like this that are 
outside of the metal world in music? Wow. Like, like, does Billy Joel have a mascot? <laughs> <laughs> it's just his face, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Cougar or, you know, Kenny Loggins. I Loggins. imagine, you know, prog rock bands probably did. Oh, I'm sure. Good call. I'm sure. They must have. You know, not, not Rush or Yes or anything, but. Well, but Rush had the, the star, man. That's true, but that was just for 2112, right? Well, yeah, but, it, but it, it, well, it became kind of like an emblem for them, I think. Sure, it did, yeah, yeah. that's true. Maybe not a mascot, but an emblem. Uh, yeah, that's a great question, man. Like Spock's beard, they probably had a guy. <laughs> I'm thinking of like these weird like, uh, frog yeah, bands, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Start- what about Marillion? I think Marillion might have. They have like a Joker or a Jester kind of character. Oh, but still, these are like metal adjacent bands, I would say. They are kind of like, metal adjacent, yeah. I uh, don't think like Taylor Swift has a has a mascot. No, I don't think so. Or like Creed, Nickelback, <laughs> do they have mascots? I don't I think wonder. So. I don't think so. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Chumbawamba had a mascot. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe back in there. Screaming Trees, dude. I bet they had one. Screaming Trees? Maybe. I don't know, man. Did Nirvana have a mascot? I don't think well, so. Well, they had the emblem. They had the like the smiley face emblem. That's not really a mascot, but an emblem. Oh, that's on all the shirts, yeah. Yeah. That the, t- that the tweens are wearing now. Yeah, all the tweens. Uh, <laughs> Ramones kind of had a mascot, sort of, in the Pinhead. He was basically just for the song Pinhead, but he became such like a iconic figure that uh, he was used throughout their career here and there. But again, not really a mascot, just kind of like one recognizable figure that was used sometimes. It almost seems like you have to have the vision before the band almost and then stick with it. Like it's hard to introduce a mascot in the middle of your career. You know what I mean? True. Unless you do like a big 180 or something, but it feels like a mascot yeah, you'd have to have it like your entire time. Yeah, got to start it out. What's all, what else is on our list here? I found one for Uncle Slam. <laughs> okay, yeah, what the, f- Uncle Slam? I haven't- <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, Great Venice, like they're up there with Excel and Suicidal. They're all from that same same kind of world. But they have like a um, uh, kind of American, like, uh, it looks like Uncle Sam, <laughs> but yeah. he's like de- decayed or something. Right, you know? he's Uncle yeah, Slam. That's, that's their <laughs> Yeah, the stupidest band name. That is the worst band name. I, yeah, I was surprised when you put that on there because I, I, I'm not sure I've ever, ac- ever actually heard them. They're that name. They're is... like Venice uh, skate rock kind of stuff. For some reason, I assume they were from Florida, but they're Venice. <laughs> all, all the stupid shit. You just lumping it with Florida. Well, I think it's because back in the day, I would get flyers for Uncle Slam and Rape Dape a lot, and Rape. Rape da- <laughs> <laughs> they were from Florida. They were, they from, were Florida. from Florida. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I kind of lumped Rape them in together. Dude. What a fucking band name, dude. That's one of the worst. I mean, Uncle Slam and Rape Dave. Like, <laughs> they should tour together. That's terrible. Uh, the Overkill Bat is an interesting one. Now, that's, True. Uh, once again, a kind of used in a few albums, but not consistently, but certainly used in their marketing and the way they yes. uh, uh-huh. sell shirts and stuff. Yeah. What about... So you mentioned Excel. Excel is that weird, like smiley guy, right? Yes, exactly. They, they use that guy on a couple albums for sure. Does he have a name? Do you know? Not that I know of. <laughs> and the easiest one of all is Tigers of Pantang. Every album they have a tiger on the front. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's spelled with a Y. So what kind of tiger is this? I that's don't know. true. 
Um, I think that band Riot. Do you know them? They have that weird, oh, dude, fuzzy. Dude, we didn't think of that. You thought of the good job. Good yeah. Job. I mean, what that, is that thing? It's like a weird. It's like an owl, human kind of thing, or is an it eagle. Owl? It looks like a. It looks like an animal that doesn't exist in real life. Maybe it's some sort of kind of snow owl with a human body or something. It might be an. It's yeah. It might be an. I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> or an eagle, like a, a bald eagle with a human body. No, it doesn't have a big beak. That's a weird one, dude. Riot. They are consistently have the worst album covers ever made, even to this day. Yeah, that that one. There's a yeah. one that I have in my mind that is just yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. One of the worst. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Sergeant D for a second. Oh yeah. So, so that was one of the first ones that came into my mind. Uh, so I feel like Sergeant D must have a backstory. Well, as far as I know, the backstory is they didn't want to be blamed for the things, you know, <laughs> Sergeant D was a character. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And everything that's on that album was from the mouth of Sergeant D. Oh, it was my just God. This old really? Yeah. World War II vet that didn't like the modern world and just like hated oh, everything around him, you know. So they were kind of lyrically, they were writing it with this character in mind. Wow. Well, that's kind of brilliant and kind of awful at the same time. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't me. It's a fake exactly, character. Sergeant exactly, D exactly, is saying this exactly. shit. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But also kind of brilliant. <laughs> but also kind of brilliant. Because then they don't have to get the shit. They'll just be like, no, man, that was, that was me. <laughs> We're just imagining, you know, uh, a character that would say these things. <laughs> God. That's... But it was for sure wasn't what Billy Milano thought. Oh, no, no, way, no. no. no I mean, he's a class act all the way. We all know that. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you listen to USA for MOD, you know that. Oh man, um, yeah. What about okay? Let's let's spend a second on the not man. Okay, um, that's a good one. Yeah. So not man. It seems like he hasn't really been present throughout Anthrax's entire career, has he? It seems like he's kind of so. outdated. Like he was. Yeah. He was around for, like State Euphoria. State Euphoria. Uh, among the living. I don't li- think they. Yeah, among the living. But yeah. after that, I don't think they even he, for instance of time we never really saw him anymore. No. But he was in, he's referenced in uh, I'm the Man. Yes. Um, which That's was a great one. somewhat of a staple in their live show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like what, like what is that? Is there like a story behind the Not Man? Not that I know of. I do not know what, it, how they even thought of this guy, what the deal is. I mean, it's, it seems like it's just like a flexible toy face, like some rubber toy face and then he screams not i don't know <laughs> it seems like one of the most yeah. pointless mascots you know it's probably an inside joke with them there it's, must have been some guy be. they knew that that was like this or something it must and be I, I wonder if the mad magazine guys that drew, that oh. drew them kind of had something to do with it also it looks a lot like that <clears throat> it does yeah i'm not sure not alfred e newman or anything but it was like drawn by the guy and mad and then maybe they used it. Maybe it was a Mad Magazine reference or something. It might have been. I don't know. The, Anthrax did such weird shit. Like, I just the other day on Instagram, I saw a clip of them on Married with Children that I'd forgotten about. Yeah, exactly. They played uh, Got the Time, right? They played Got the Time on that. No. Yeah. No. 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 Yep. Oh, okay. Well, they might have, but they also played um, the in one, my world. In my world, wasn't it? In my world, 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But dude, they played Got the Time. No, no, pretty damn sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sure you're right as well. But isn't that weird? Yeah, they were like, I don't know. I think they were trying to find themselves in some way. Looking back, it's like they were they were dabbling with skaters. They were dabbling with uh-huh. punk. They were dabbling with thrash. They were dabbling with like this kind of funny novelty side. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. And like, why would they do Married with Children? Just for exposure and the paycheck, I guess. And then it just seems like a weird mix. Like, Well, they probably wanted to get with uh, Kelly. Uh, you know? Yeah, that's true. She's pretty hot, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I yeah. So... In 2024, can you think of any like newer bands that use mascots in the same way? That's that have uh, that have been using them, and newer bands besides like Iron Maiden still using it. Um, I mean, hmm. I mean, like not that I know of, like bands that have been like yeah. formed in the last 20 years that have like a mascot, not an emblem, but like a mascot. Dude, I'm sure some of those newer thrash bands do. Like every one of them probably does. Oh God, <laughs> you know? you're probably right. Because they're all playing, paying homage to the '80s and stuff. And no, I, I'm. Sh- you're right. <clears throat> Municipal Waste must have. Yes, yes, exactly like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh shit! Uh, Nuclear Assault kind of had that, that that Nukem emblem with the the bullet in his head. You know that yeah, guy. Yeah, right. Was that used multiple that, times? I th- well, but it, yeah, it depends on what you mean. I mean, it was it was on a few shirts. I'm not yeah, sure it was much, yeah. much more than that. It's pretty rare when the like the same person's used on albums consistently. You know, it's kind of funny when they they like uh, Halloween did it and Dio did it, where they only did it a couple albums and they didn't really continue it. I wonder why they they made that that choice to not stick with it. You know, yeah, maybe they thought it was too silly or something. Maybe. It's so, hard to do it like Maiden where it's, yeah, maybe Eddie could be considered silly, but he was also really dark, you know, and he has like a, he was kind of an interesting character. He wasn't just like this. Right. You know, it wasn't like a cartoon. Yeah. He felt, it felt more of a demon, darker presence than just, you know, some kind of a cartoon character or something. Exactly. <laughs> it, it would be really hard to keep that up. Um, and I wonder if it ever feels limiting, like, oh fuck, we got to put Eddie on our cover again. You know, I imagine, I imagine it does. Yeah. If they, I think the fans would riot at this point. I think so too. (laughs) So what's the, what's the benefit then just having like a recognizable thing that ties the records together and ties the band together and to a larger story, I guess. Yeah. I think originally the, uh, the benefit was they didn't have to put themselves on the covers or anything, you know? Yeah. True. And then eventually it turned into this lore that was bigger than what they ever imagined, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. with something like Eddie. And now they're stuck, you know? Yeah. And Bruce can do his own thing. Bruce is doing uh, solo stuff. And Steve Harris had this British Lion project. And I don't know. Maybe they're exploring the music that they really want to play in, in other bands. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I bet Municipal Waste has one. Toxic Holocaust probably has one. Those kind of bands, for yeah. sure. Yeah, they yeah. have to. Yeah, I, sh- I should look that up. But And they probably yeah. have some silly name like Murray or something. <laughs> Glenn. Glenn, yeah. Or like Fathead Joe or something. Uh, I think Ugly Kid Joe might have had some kind of mascot at one Yeah, point for sure, too. dude. Yeah. For sure they did. It's so weird. Oh, so, God. Uh, are there any mascots in death metal? Yeah, I was trying to think about that yesterday. I can't think I of any. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
it almost seems like it could work really well if yeah if, but i just don't know what that would be nothing i can think of yeah hopefully a, a listener can help us with that one but that would be nice yeah <clears throat> all yeah. the bands that are on top of my mind uh they don't have one i mean the thor's hammer could be amorphous's there you go. <laughs> there you go. What about the first two Malevolent Creation albums? Oh, got yeah. Ten Commandments and then Retribution. I believe that's similar kind of character on the front. Yeah. It uh, almost looks like uh, Black Rider in Lord of the Rings. It's like pointy-headed. Right. The, the of, pointy guy. Yeah. There's, uh, mm. God, on the tip of my brain, uh, the Dan Seagrave had this one guy that was... You know, the Effigy of the Forgotten cover is like that weird, like robotic kind of spidery yeah. guy. And I believe that same guy appeared on a different record, too. Um, what about all the, uh, the like the Geiger out artwork, you know? It's oh, yeah, that, yeah. <clears throat> the artist creates a character. Different bands use it. Uh-huh. But, uh, the, you know, the, the artist is going to draw something similar every time, like Seagrave or right. Geiger yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, Lawnmower Death, the Cobb. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's their mascot. The Flying Killer Cobb. That's <laughs> definitely a mascot. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any anymore. Uh, I do not have a Fuck, Mary Kill. Do you? Oh, geez. Uh, no, I don't either. Damn. Oh, man. We dropped the ball on that. Well, I'm going to do a quick one then, since uh, our good friend Jory had an idea for Fuck, Mary Kill. Fuck, Mary Kill. What would you fuck? So I'm going to throw this at you. Uh, Ulver, Bergtot, Kveldsanger, or Naughton's Madrigal? Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> That's tough, dude. Uh, Mary Kveldsanger, I love that. Yep. <sighs> Fuck Bergtot, and then the last one. Kill, kill I guess. Kill Naughton's Madrigal. That, that's so difficult, dude. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> How about you? I I, I kind of figured that that's what you would say. I'm, man, that's really tough for me. I think I would kill. That's the hard part. Is which one would you kill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> no, I, Sophie's I th- choice. I think I'd have to kill Kveldsanger. I think I'd oh, have man. to. I know, I know. I think I'd that's have brutal. to uh, marry. <clears throat> Bergtot and yeah. fuck not as magical if I really nice. had to. Yeah, that's so hard. Oof. Okay, one more quick one. I just thought okay. of. <sighs> Storm of the Lights, Bane. <laughs> Rian Chaos. Somber Lane. Mary, Storm of the Lights, Bane. Fuck Somber Lane. Kill the other one. Yeah, me too. Although I, I love get into that other one very much. The re chaos. chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I love it, man. I love it. It, it took I me a minute. It's much different. It's a different band. If you're expecting storm of the lights, Bane, you're disappointed, yeah, exactly. but I really, really dig it. But, uh, yeah, storm of the lights, Bane is Dude, pretty much one a, of the best, one of the best perfect metal record. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd have to be the same. It's definitely a Sophie's choice for me, but yeah, you should revisit re chaos. It's fucking, it's quality, man. 
That's okay, really what dumb. about uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, uh, Eddie, Sergeant D, or Vic Rattlehead? Okay, that's a great one. And topical. <laughs> yeah, and topical. <laughs> like a cream. Um, okay, Eddie, Sergeant D, or Vic Rattlehead? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far, not as far as the music goes, but as the actual, like, as far well, as Well, now I'm goes. trying to see your love of Iron Maiden. Like, where, where oh, you're you? testing me. I see how it is. I see how it is. But we're uh, going- you, can, you can consider the music. That's fine. No, I think we should just do the mascot. Based on mascot only. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, as far as the actual mascot goes, I would marry Eddie. I would kill sergeant d and i would fuck vic rattlehead <laughs> i think i would uh, marry uh eddie fuck sergeant d and kill vic rattlehead really really yeah, i don't know why i don't know why yeah <laughs> i like vic on um peace cells oh yeah dude uh, was that Ed Repka? Was the Ed Repka? That that's right. Yeah, Ed Repka. He did uh, Rust in Peace, obviously, as well. And you can buy his artwork on his website, and he signs it. So I have a oh, Rust yeah. in Peace uh, 11 by 17 signed by Ed Repka to Nick. But it doesn't say Megadeth on it at all. It's just like like a bigger out. Like you zoom out a little bit of the Rust in Peace cover. It's fucking wow. amazing, dude. <laughs> I don't think I knew about that one. That's awesome. Yeah. You told me you got one. Oh, of the... he did, dude. He did spiritual healing too. Same. Oh, that's right. That's right. He Same did guy. Spiritual healing. Same guy. Fuck. He did something else. I was looking at the other day too. Uh, something I just bought. What was it? He did uh, Uncle Slam too, bro. Did he really? <laughs> you yeah, and he did. Fucking Uncle Slam. <laughs> I think I found it because Ed Repka. I swear to God, I think I was getting deep into like the art, and I found out Probably. Uncle Slam had one of their album covers. Like, oh shit, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, it was um, Eternal Nightmare, Violence, I think. I think that's Eddie Repka. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I that's think. a great cover. That's a great cover. Yeah. So much of that thrash was Ed Repka. Yep. And then he crossed over into death a little bit, but I think Chuck, yeah. was, Chuck was trying to be modern or whatever at that time. Yeah, yeah. He did, you said spiritual healing? Yeah. Yeah. Did he do any other death re- records? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Maybe. Did he do leprosy? leprosy? He might have done leprosy, dude. Yeah. Maybe. Shit. I mean, the style kind of seems. Seems similar. Yeah. That'd be a whole nother show is like metal <laughs> record covers. Yeah. Like the dude that did uh, the My Dying Bride stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, Damn. And Damn. like like uh, Death's Human, individual thought oh, okay. patterns, like those, yep. those covers. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, and Derek Riggs, of course, he did all the Iron Maiden stuff. Of course. Days. Derek Riggs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, t-shirt of the day. It's T-shirt of the day. It's a T-shirt of the day. Ew, what are you wearing? Let's find out. It's a T-shirt of the day. Oh, today I've got on a Genesis shirt. Oh, nice. My love for Genesis is very deep. It and is. That, and as I mature, the more I get into the 80s stuff, too. Yeah, you're you're an 80s fan as well as a 70s fan. And after a long time, I was like, fuck that 80s shit. I no. know. I know. No. Like, I've come of age. Yeah. Now you're <laughs> in. It makes sense. And I did the same thing with Rush. Like, I was not into Power Windows. I was not into any of their Presto, any of that shit. And then I think I became the age that they became when they wrote it. And it all made sense. Oh, right. Yeah. Know, something yeah. about that. You're like, oh, yeah, this all all comes together now. Yeah. The lyrics and just like the the maybe the non heaviness of the music, all that stuff was more appealable, appealing to my older ears. Yeah. Your fucking old ears. 
<laughs> uh, what do I, you got? I honestly don't remember. I didn't plan this out. Usually I plan it out. <laughs> oh, Beneath the Remains. Sepultura. Oh, damn. Of all the ones to have. Amazing. <laughs> well, that's a oh, We're going to be seeing Max yeah. soon, dude. Yeah, we're going to go March 9th. going to go see uh, Go Ahead and Die. Max is new. Great band, dude. I didn't know much about them. Holy I didn't shit. either. I didn't either. Um, I had, so good. I had heard about it, but yeah. I thought they only had one record out, but then yeah. and they have two. And yeah. the first one's really cool, but I like the second one a lot better. Um, yeah. I described it to Don and John the other day as being kind of punky, but I, I kind of take that back. Like it's maybe a little bit punky, a little bit of like D beat, like a little bit, but not as much as what I was it's remembering. Pretty thrash, I guess. Man. It's pretty I mean, thrash, It's like yeah. a gritty thrash. Yeah. Yeah, Max sounds great on it, man. He's he still has it. His voice. I'm thankful he's moving away from Soulfly a little bit. I think yeah. like, he kind of gave up on that for whatever reason. I don't know what happened with that man. Yeah, um, was, he was hitting it pretty hard with that for a long, long time. He was. I I still see him and Gloria post a little bit like the Soulfly tribe and shit like that. So I think it's yeah. still like a presence. I just don't know if he's making music with that anymore or not. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just stoked he's making music with Igor again, dude. Like, yeah, no kidding, dude. The fucking Cavalier those reissues, shows. Those reissues are great. It, I mean, I keep telling the Aglock guys, like, I, I'm not into re-recordings, but those two Sepultura re-recordings are amazing. It's a fucking good example of, like, how it can be done correctly. Yeah, it's, like, really the only one that I can think of. <laughs> Me too. That Me I too. Like. It's like, oh, damn. We you can't know. do a whole show on that because it'll end really quickly. Yeah, just be like, oh, it's Sepultura and that's it. Um, <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't fuck with the rise though, dude. Jesus, don't go further. Oh, he's going to do those. <laughs> he's going to like change the lyrics. Yeah, we record exactly. the vocals or something. No. I yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. March 9th, we're going to see, go ahead and die. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm excited. I just bought t- tickets to see Primus at Edgefield. Nice. Um, never seen them before. So I'm really excited about that, but that's not till like fucking July or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have Hell's shows Hell's- before that. Yeah, Hell's Heroes uh, coming up next month. I don't think I have anything else show-wise besides Go Ahead and Die and Hell's Heroes. Yeah, I can't think of any at the moment. Yeah. Um, Moonbladder is playing in L.A. April 21st, opening for Thief and Zastler. At the awesome, Re- dude. Yep, Thief record release show that night. It's going to be amazing. Just, just a one-off for you, or are you going to Just a one-off. Just a one-off. Yep. I'm kind of focusing on recording right now. So, uh, but I couldn't pass that up. I love Thief to Death, and it's their record release show, and their new record is fantastic. So, going nice. down there for that. Uh, we've got MDF coming up in May. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it for me. Uh, I had that new S- Snares of Sixes, Dogs of the Star Chain single come out a couple weeks ago. Congrats, man. That sounded great. And you had a new Dolvin track come out, and I y- did. You fucking surprised you, <laughs> you motherfucker. You surprised all your friends by being like, "Oh, hey, I just released this new fucking deluxe cassette tape. <laughs> Haven't told anybody about this. Uh, do you still uh, have copies of that available? I do. I've gotten rid of about twenty. So I put out a project called Traveler's Rest. It's like it's dungeon synth adjacent it's not yeah. dungeon but it's like medieval synth or something and i uh, put it out on cassette with like this deluxe packaging it's really cool so check it out if you want i still have like 10 copies left so awesome and you can do that on your there's a band camp for it right it's only band camp yeah dude you gotta keep it cult bro i know band camp. i know but dungeon synth forest synth i'm gonna do like swimming pool synth next it's gonna be like 
lots of like swimming ping pong. pool synth. Yeah, like ping pong reverb and splashing sounds and like kids screaming. <laughs> Love that, dude. That's like twenty albums worth right there. For yeah, sure. it's gonna be called Marco Polo. It's <laughs> it's gonna be rad, oh, dude. And then after that, I'm gonna be working on a porno folk record. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. How, what's what's the idea with that? I mean, it's kind of like porn grind, but you know, porn folk. <laughs> Sex is it gonna like have porno sounds in it, or is it just gonna sound really sexy? Uh, a little bit of both. It's gonna have samples like Mortician would, awesome. but you know, like porn samples like AC <laughs> oh, or shits. Um, oh, it's an exclusive, dude. This is an amazing idea. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna you know really neglect <laughs> things like sculptured Nagalock for these projects for sure. <laughs> good, good. This sounds very important. It's, it is. It's, it's it's extremely important. Porno folk. You might be the first one, dude. I think it's a million dollar idea. You know, I mean, <laughs> at least maybe a hundred dollar idea. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll make me like a hundred air or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely not going to do either of those things. But I think they're they're quality ideas. They are <laughs> making me laugh. But uh, yeah, I think that's all I have on the horizon. Do you have anything else coming up? Nick? Uh, nope, not that I know of. Everything's good. Good, good. Well, cool. Well, we're recording again uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're gonna have a guest. On this one, I'm going to keep it a secret until it actually happens. Cool. Uh, but mm. the day of the Go Ahead and Die show, we're going to get together and do a one with a special dude from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Got a little bit of cool. research to do before I dive into that one for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, cool. Nick, do you have anything else you want to go over? I don't. Thanks for this. Uh, it's fun talking about mascots. I enjoy, I think, you know, back in the early days, it was really one of the main reasons we bought records sometimes. Well, it, <laughs> you know? yeah, it really plays into, I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but like I bought Butchered at Birth because of the record cover. I had no yeah, idea what exactly. it sounded like. And that kind of yeah. works in the same way, you know? Yep. Well, it definitely works in the same way. Like you see that record cover and it's something recognizable you can grab onto. And yeah, um, if anybody else has any ideas on mascots please write into us hate.pod.music at gmail.com i'm sure we're missing some really recognizable mascots out there um yep, and I'm some sure. some good ideas surrounding the whole idea of a mascot so please write in to us and uh yeah we'll uh see you next time rate us at least three stars and please subscribe and all that shit that everybody else says and uh, smash that subscribe button. yeah that's right <laughs> smash the subscribe button okay all right, man. I will see you next time, Nick. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. An Earth in Sound Production.